0: And before we start the next episode of the Yalabad podcast, we have a giveaway alert for Mother's Day from our audio service Folklory. And maybe you're asking what is this audio service Folklory? Well, it helps you celebrate your loved ones by gathering stories and memories from the people that know them best. And what better way to to talk about it than by
1: sharing what some of our customers have been using Folklories for, right Irish? Yeah, so over the past few weeks we've recorded Folklories for someone who wanted to give a gift to his wife, so we ended up talking to her mom where she shared stories about the, her daughter's growing up years. Her childhood, her sentiments, and we had them in our office last week to listen to it for the first time, and it was, it blew our minds, you know, just to see the power of intimate audio we had someone else ping us to capture stories of his dad who was, you know, in his 70s and to hear the stories that he's told his son many times but which his son wanted to capture into something that he could share with his kids and just to give you an idea of what we mean by this here's an example of a folklory that someone purchased for his mom where we spoke to his sister who shared stories about growing up particular instances from your childhood with your mom that really stick out, that you remember very fondly
2: Specifically, what uh, dawns down on me was really about um, whenever that we are down or whenever we are just tired or feel that you need some uh, pick me up, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you always can approach her and, and she will give us advice. So I remember fondly when you know when you just started work and then um, and probably you are just tired out or feel dejected that um, you didn't meet what you, you want to or your expectations. Um, she, she usually don't give a lot of comforting words like, uh, oh, it's okay, you know. Uh, she will just tell you that this is not an issue. It's not a problem. Mm. And uh, the last words she always say, uh, which really speaks to me and until now I still remember, uh, was that she tell me that uh, family is the last line. So no matter what happens, right, Yeah. Uh, um, you can just quit your job, uh, turn to the family. Uh, they will support you all the while. So it just gives me the feeling that um, you can go all out and then uh, just do what you want. And at the end of the day, family is always uh, watching your back. Yeah.
1: So if you would like something similar for your mom this Mother's Day, all you have to do is just post a photo of yourself and your mom on Instagram and tag YalaBat and our new account, The folklory That is T-H-E-F-O-L-K-L-O-R-Y. Tag those two. We will select one winner to give a free folklory to. You have to first me to share the picture on Instagram. Uh, we'll select the winner after that and we'll get you your folklory in time for Mother's Day. Alright? The details of the contest are in the show notes, so take a look and we hope to see your photos. And now, on to the podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of YALA. Your thrice weekly podcast where we talk about the hottest news with a touch of what, Terrence? Good old humor. Good old humor, man. It's the first episode of the week. And mm. it's off the back of a very interesting weekend. Right, Terrence? Mm. Yeah. I think we,
0: we we skipped an episode last week, like because I think towards the weekend we were feeling like oh we were stretching the, the news topics a little bit, like. but then Lawrence Wong dropped the bomb and gave everyone uh you know the the, the heads up of our Freedom Day lah, like, right? Mm. Yeah. Which is actually coincidentally happens to be tomorrow, twenty sixth April. Yeah. yeah. But is that the reason why the weekend was so interesting? No, it was not. It was more because uh we, as Ministry of Funny, uh, got to attend the Star Awards twenty twenty two in person at Media Corp
1: for the first time in our lives. Yeah. And wearing some funky outfits, you can you can check out the photos on Instagram if you wanna get a tease. Yeah. But shout out to shout out to Lai Chan for Oh yes. For the outfits, huh? yeah. yeah. Some of my friends who saw the pictures, instead of asking if we won or anything because we were nominated, first question is like, "Dude, what the hell are you wearing?" But of yeah. course, they all they all found it very interesting, like, and it was dope, man. Uh, in fact, yeah, I'm yeah. still wearing it right now. No, yeah. no.
0: Even my mum, even my mum was like, "Wow, where do you get that? Are you wearing that to your cousin's wedding next week?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I said, "I'm sorry, mum. I, I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not able to, to, to bring that same, the same possess to my cousin's wedding." Huh?
1: Yeah. yeah but i mean that was one of the cool experience the overall thing was that yeah like it was just cool to be there because a show that we mentioned before the amazing showman uh, a chinese tv series that we made was nominated for best short form drama serial it was our first mm. ever chinese show so yeah and like i clearly don't speak chinese uh terence's chinese is um I wouldn't say tv level chinese right there mm, i would say it's it's possible 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 like an order yeah. chaipeng level chinese a bit more than that, A bit more than that. Yeah, a bit more than that. More than that. Yeah. But but yeah, we we got a team together, it was nominated, and at the end of it, Terrence, did we win? Uh no, we didn't win. Mm. But we but we learned a lot from the process. Like what, huh?
0: Uh I think the importance of uh perseverance. Uh just watching a lot of uh, the older media called artists, how they conducted themselves and and, you know, even watching some of them win an award for the first time in their
1: careers. Mm. Uh, there were some nice touching moments there. Yeah, mm. And I think it was, for me, it was just cool being to a live event where there were no spaces between uh, people in the seats. It was fully packed uh, and it was relatively well run. And, I mean, I had no idea what the fuck was going on on stage. So, kudos to Terrence for whispering sweet translations in my ear the whole time. Mm. Yeah, mm.
0: I, I think what I was trying to do was to... Impress upon uh, Haresh as a non Chinese or minority in Singapore. The cultural importance of the Star Wars to to uh, older Chinese audiences in Singapore. Mm. Because, uh, you know, uh, back in the heyday of uh, Chinese TV, in fact, Singapore TV in the 80s and 90s, a lot of our shows were exported to far flung places like in China and Taiwan. And uh, even if you go there, if you visit those places today, ask them what they know about Singapore entertainment. They will name names from the '90s, the '80s and '90s are like Fan Wong and Christopher Lee and all, because Mm -hmm. they also grew up watching those shows, you know. So it was a big deal, and Singapore was seen as like a you know a a big exporter of entertainment content as well. Yeah. So uh, yeah, um, you know, if if you just extrapolate from there, uh, people who watched Star Wars back then still kind of regard the star wars as a, a, a big deal every year lah. Like, when they see it,
1: yeah, and I mean if like it also propels some people to like legend status right like fan Wong and zoe they, I bet they could walk around anywhere on media corp and just ask someone to kneel down and that someone will have to kneel down la. uh yeah i mean
0: uh, that might be a bit of a exaggeration <laughs> uh i i don't I don't, I don't think that they, they're they're such the the dead legend ease, la. La. Yeah, no, no but, but you're right in terms of launching careers. I think uh, some of the most famous or infamous moments in the Star Wars come when uh, actors or actresses wear something really outrageous mm. and it just gets the whole nation's attention for a couple of days. Lah.
1: Yeah. Actually, last year wasn't there a dress worn by I think Cynthia Cole or something that ended up on Greek television because she's like um, in her 40s or 50s and she wore a relatively revealing dress. Oh, I didn't know... I knew about the revealing dress, yeah, but I didn't yeah, know about the Greek, Greek TV. the Greek connection. Why? Yeah, it ended up on Greek TVs, yeah. Why, why, why does Greece have a special interest in Cynthia Coe's cleavage? Uh, no, not cleavage. It was something that was kind of... I guess because she's, she's what, uh, 50 or something and being that confident to wear something like that, uh, yeah, it, it, it just appeared on Greek uh, Greek news. La. <laughs> Shit. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it makes it to the Greek news. So... There yeah, were well, articles that were written about it and it was wasn't really sure why it showed up. But but Let's yeah. See. Yeah, but 2021 yeah. So, Greek.
0: Cynthia uh, yeah. is famous in Greece now. Oh, yeah.
1: yeah. And interesting. Yeah. And I mean, we also got to wear some dope ass outfits, courtesy of Lai Chan. Um, yeah. um and yeah, you can check us out on Instagram to see, to get a little taste of what we wore. To which many of my friends were just messaged me instead of asking whether we wore it or not. Uh, yo well, what, what is it you're wearing uh? and then after yeah. that, of course they asked la. but yeah it was a it cool was experience a fun night la. fun night overall fun yeah. night fun night yeah. and uh, yeah, tr- f-
0: a special shout out to I think some
1: Yalabad fans also saw us oh yeah correct in the audience right <laughs> yeah. yeah and I legitimately think I was the only Indian person in the audience because <laughs> yeah. I was scanning around the room the whole time Uh, because I I didn't know what was what was being said on stage Uh, yeah so it was fun it was fun Cool. Next up, the Vasantam Vasantam yeah. Awards. <laughs> Vasantam Awards, but cool yeah. man, cool. Uh, I'm very
0: glad to have, uh, you know, like been alongside you on your your Virgin, uh, you know, cross cultural Star Wars experience. Huh?
1: Hey, it is your Virgin Star Wars experience, right? It
0: is, it is, yeah, it is, it is. Yeah, true. But I'm just saying, for 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 you, is even like you know, it's like the the cross cultural aspect and 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 feeling like super
1: out of place. It, the well, only right. thing is if we do go to the versantum equivalent of the awards, I won't be able to whisper anything in your ear. <laughs> if you, don't, yeah, you don't yeah you can't speak. <laughs> yeah, we're supposed to be like oh, hmm. Yeah. All right, okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. But but I'll just yeah. be
0: looking at you just to like, just to as if as if you are trying to, trying to explain everything. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> By the way, cool, man.
1: Cool, cool. cool. Anything yeah. else we need to plug. oh uh, yes. Uh before we dive into the topics, uh we do want to make another plug for a call for interns, man. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the good thing is we are doing a whole bunch of stuff. There's this podcast. There's our audio startup, folklory, There's a bunch of TV shows that we're working on. So we need help. Um, and it, not just in a, a one area like audio editors, video editors, and social media. If you mm-hmm. have an interest or skills in any of those or all of those, just reach out, ping us on Instagram, Reddit, and yeah, we, we we want to work with people who want to make some kick ass shit, man.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Cool. Cool. And yeah, you can also I guess email us at contact at but but Instagram would be the the, the best place lah. Mm, that's right. Cool. And if we let's jump right into the yes. first big topic of
0: the of the week,
1: right? Mm, what are people, the press la?
0: Yeah, what are people talking about today?
1: There was this uh, survey by the Institute of Policy Studies, uh, IPS, Mm. which was released, uh, the findings of which were released on Monday, April 25th. Uh, The title of the survey is Attitudes Towards Work and Workplace Arrangements Amidst COVID-19 in Singapore. Um, And basically, some of the findings were that uh, generally... The one title uh, that we saw on the news on Straight Times is Singapore workers want bosses to meet their flexi work needs. Mm. It was just about how the whole of the workforce in Singapore is coping with um, the change that is going to happen tomorrow, which is what, Terrence? Uh, 100% of employees are allowed to return to the office. Yeah. I guess the important word there is allowed, right? It's not mandated. Not mandated, no. It is allowed. So what made you want to talk about this, uh? um I think it's interesting because uh what I'm
0: just getting a sense of from everybody that I speak to is uh people at different levels of uh I uh, it, there's a very big debate out there like, right about how much they want to go into the office or how much they want to work from home and all that like. mm. and uh, this might be the first like actual survey data out there mm. that kind of like gives a number to how many percent uh, you know would want to do it like, I mean we've seen a lot of qualitative uh, commentary saying that oh you know in today's day and age you want to attract talent you also need to play by the rules and and you know if they find out that if they find out that they can't that you, you want them to be in the office every day it might affect your 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 recruiting process right mm. I mean we've heard that little that, that slight warning coming from a lot of people but this one quantifies it for the first time it's like how many Four in, I think 4 in 10 correspondents said that they would consider switching jobs if they if they can't get to their flexible work leave arrangement. Work from home arrangements right?
1: Yeah. And I mean the survey the way it was done feels okay lah somewhat substantial because I know we have mm. shared on survey methodologies or, or how a survey was conducted in the past for other national surveys but this survey was uh, done involving 2,000 workers over 9 months where mm. they were polled every two weeks about mm. their thoughts uh, about the, their current work from home arrangements, uh, what they were going through. And I think about 500 workers were, uh, 500 members were involved in every ping, which was every two weeks. And that was interesting because if you look at the, the whole paper, right, which is 136 pages, um, mm. they actually tie sentiments to like a certain weak number, which which was cool because it coincided with certain easing of restrictions or tightening la. So mm. so if you go into the detail, they can even track how people were feeling towards a more work from home arrangement uh, across these milestone events la. Yeah, yeah. But what were some of the highlights from the the survey? Yeah? Uh I, I mean there there are multiple highlights la, right?
0: Mm. I think the 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 biggest one that that um that jumped out to me is the number of people who like I said la, who are who uh, would be actually would actually want to switch jobs if they can't get what they want, like In terms of the flexible work arrangements,
1: mm. uh, that was because, four in
0: ten, is it? Yeah, four in ten because that actually quantifies what people are wanting. Uh, that there might be a, you might be it might be harder for you to recruit if you don't, uh if you if you're not uh, if you're not going along with the hybrid work work scheme train, uh, right?
1: So the four in ten is not just a preference; it is that they would change jobs, uh. Yeah yeah wow um, okay and and there were other other interesting things because they also talked about how um, sentiments change like well, basically the survey was done from mid-July 2021 to April 2022 and mm. essentially between that whole time between 41 to 52% felt that flexible work arrangements should be the new norm for workplaces in Singapore mm. um, and then on the same period 20 to 35% felt that working from home on most days should be the new norm. So it's like a mixed flexible kind of thing versus those who felt that there's just most days work from home makes the most sense. Like. Yeah. Um and then uh, in more recent ways 4 in 10 felt that employees should be allowed to work from home 3 days a week. So that's the 40%. And then uh in terms of actual numbers of people returning between April one, uh, April first and April eleventh, was seventy five percent So basically, mm. there's a lot of people returning to the workplace, la. and I think if you have been out and about, you can feel the influx of people moving about la. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's right. So, but did you, did you find anything polarizing or, or surprising about this? Um,
0: I think that there's still. I think they mentioned that. Uh about one third of uh at least like one of the work style consultants that they interviewed for the article, mentioned that one third of his his clients who are in senior management mm. uh, are asking their staff to return to the office. Mm. That means they're not even consulting with their staff, lah. Yeah. So they're, they're just basically going back to hundred percent work from office. And uh, that's at the end of that, lah. Yeah. So I I'm just very curious like what has been so bad about the hybrid working that that they that they you know they want to return to a full hundred percent back in the office lah, you know?
1: Yeah I think I think that's where it gets interesting like because first of all yeah like what you said tomorrow hundred percent of workers are allowed to go back to office and then this polls is basically gauging sentiments la, right? Mm. And you can gauge sentiments all you want but what happens actually is a whole different thing. And that's where the chatter online. I think one school of thought is that why the fuck do businesses want people to go back? La? Like, yeah. these past two years, they've been functioning. They haven't closed down. Some of them are doing very well. Um, So, why the shift? Why can't we just carry on? Um, and the other school of thought is like, okay, la, like moving back. There are reasons why companies might want to. And some of the things I came across, which, to a certain extent, I I can understand. La. What some... I remember there was some comments saying, okay, as an SME, for example, right, mm. um, the work from home, it, it, it may have been the case where it was more like, okay, coping and finding workarounds, right, especially okay. when it comes to things like security or let's say you have an internal repository or, or something that you normally can access only through office, and out of office, you have to go through VPN or there's some workarounds, lah. Mm. To change your IT infrastructure, to make it work from home friendly or hybrid friendly, there might be uh, a lot of work required. Right? Mm. So for the people who run those companies, the easiest solution at this point, while it is another wave of adapting, is to bring people back to the office. And then when mm. I read that, I was like, oh, okay. Remember a few episodes ago, we were talking about how F&B outlets are being pushed to be productive, to be productive, but to be productive... You need to change your your operations and stuff like that la. and oftentimes if you're a small enough company you might not have the bandwidth to. Mm. so that's one reason i saw did you see anything that that piqued your interest um i think uh
0: you yeah, know just generally like smes especially mm. uh, it, there's a lot of adapt ad, having to adapt to new systems and new Software and all that if it's, you know, a hybrid kind of system, right? Mm. Um, and maybe people are a bit fatigued of that already. They're fatigued of uh, video calls and, and tired of... Bosses are tired of having to, you know, schedule video calls rather than just being able to open the door and, and call for meetings and stuff like that. La. Mm. But, uh, you know, at the same time, I think a lot of people have... Um, have discovered the, the the you know the flexibility that that working from home affords you in terms of um uh, being able to better balance your work life, your your or even though not to say work life balance but your 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 home commitments right,
1: mm, mm, mm. and work yeah.
0: commitments and, and and you know just reducing the amount of time that you spend commuting and everything as well, uh that that also adds towards people's productivity right? So yeah. I I don't know that's that's where it's a, uh, it's a it's a very big uh, it's it's a big gamble uh, I think for if people just go back hundred percent, uh, work from off, uh, office as well because at, at the end of the day we are still not you know you are still seeing everything that's happening overseas in terms of the cases surging and stuff like that Right, so we're not out, completely out of the woods with COVID nineteen yet. Uh, I mean, granted yeah like, we're on a downward trend for for. For everything, but it's still it's still, you know, around the world there's we're still seeing cases of lockdowns and everything going on. Mm. So so you know, to merely jump back to hundred percent back to office, yeah, you know, you're still you're know, you're basically gambling that yeah, you know, nothing will change. Not we won't move backwards uh basically in the mm. next year or so already, you know
1: Yeah. But that's where I I guess it's so like I think when I read articles that talk about it or like comments on Reddit and all, it just it, it feels like it's either a hybrid or either full. Uh, and hmm. those are the only, that's the only kind of decision that that decides. La. But then, there are so many other things. Because I'm, I'm even thinking, okay, right now, both you and I, we we work remotely, la, right? And hmm. even in the past years when we were working on projects where our team was like, I don't know, um, like scaling up from like 5 to 10 or for the TV show, 60, 70. Um, the core team, uh, we did, manage working remotely. La, right? But I would mm. say that it, there were certain things that, that helped with the remote thing in the sense that let's say we're filming a TV show, there are times when we cannot run away from meeting physically. Everything else we do remotely. La. But mm. if we were, let's say, churning out a lot of videos or having to do a lot of creative work with a team, right? I can totally see why Okay, la, it, it might make it easier to go to office um for for certain reasons, like because even though yeah, we've been working this way for two years and there have been companies working this way for two years, it almost feels like this two years, right, has been kind of like poking the the plugging the holes and, and holding the, the ship together uh with um as a temporary thing. Like. I don't know how mm-hmm. many people have actually really invested in in deciding, okay, for the long term we're gonna be hybrid. Because I think, you know, that's why these two years felt so taxing. Like, because at the start of the year, we had no idea it was going to be two years. Mm. But it was month after month after month. And like, oh, shit. It's like, if I were to tell you you're going to start a run a marathon, probably it would be a different sentiment telling you, okay, you're going to run one kilometer. then after that, okay, another two kilometers. Then another three kilometers. At the end, you have 42 kilometers. So that's where I think, I mean, what I'm getting at is that uh I think if a company wants to get the employees back, they're not automatically like, Oh, I don't believe in work from home. Maybe it just takes time. La. It just takes time.
0: Mm, mm. Yeah. And getting everyone comfortable with uh with being you know, being in the office and because like masks are still necessary when you yeah. go indoors in the office and all that, right? Yeah. So for some people it's still very uncomfortable to wear have to wear masks, uh even indoors. Yeah, exactly, so, correct. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna keep hearing complaints like that, lah.
1: But maybe it's just human nature that anytime you have to change, there's gonna be some pushback, lah.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. So yeah, the things we've already sort of uh managed to adapt pretty well to to uh, the, the, the huge changes that COVID nineteen wrought upon us, lah. Yeah. So so people are feeling like why are we going all the way back to pre COVID nineteen? Almost as if like, you know, there was like like there's no chance of any kind of pandemic hitting us again or what, lah? Like, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, but I mean, even pandemic uh, aside, I think the the flexibility thing, I also think it's going to be the normal, right? Because it feels mm. nice to be able to have some flexibility. But we've also heard a lot of sentiments about how working from home, in fact, blurs the lines between when work ends and work starts. Mm, mm. So I can imagine some people wanting to go back to office, saying, "Okay, the moment I leave office, don't don't fucking contact me." Don't yeah. reach out to me. Whereas now there's the there's the downside. La. So I think the whole unfortunately things have been changing so much the past two years that there's never been enough time in a particular configuration for people to settle down. Mm-hmm. Correct,
0: correct. So right. I mean the the, the 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 interesting thing is to uh you know, to, to sort of see how I guess how uh law government officers in Singapore, mm. uh, how they how they manage this this whole process. Uh, because I think like, all the big tech firms are pretty, have been pretty transparent with uh, letting their employees choose, like, right? At least for the foreseeable future, how they want yeah. to do it. Um, I mean, even people we speak to uh, working in these areas, they they, they tell us that you know, it's either something that they've consulted with their teams or their bosses, and then they come to some kind of compromise, or they're just basically given free reign to choose how they want to do it, lah. Like Mm. um but yeah there's big tech firms so uh but but i think these big tech firms and these uh
1: government offices will be setting the the benchmark for a lot of people to follow as well yeah but in with that also comes some caveats right if your company has like food and Mm. facilities and uh it's a nice office there's also going to be a bit more uh yeah, incentive to go back, lah. La. Uh, yeah. especially if maybe you don't have your own place, you're living with your parents and all that. As opposed to going to an office where the office is like fucking in the like damn far off, no facilities, just just the basic. So there's all gonna be all these things in place. La. That's why I think it's it's interesting how employers kind of communicate their work. Now now probably during job interviews, that's gonna be a big thing la. Like what you mm, said, right? Mm, it's affecting yeah. how people decide jobs now.
0: mm, mm, mm. Yeah, how people choose their jobs, lah. Right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, how people choose, how people, um, cause even for you, right? You know, having a kid in the middle of a mm. pandemic, it must have been super challenging. But the like the silver lining is that you get to spend more time with your kid, la.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get to yeah, you get to uh, you know, at the same time almost like um, uh, understand your priorities, are... Your your priority because both your home and and your work as well because if your home is a you know if your home uh, is in a mess you're not going to be able to work well either mm, like, right mm, mm. whereas last time when you have to leave home and and then you're just in the office every problem that happens at home feels very distant uh, until you go home and then deal with it all like, right right yeah now,
1: now it's the flip side like, our office is full of props from previous shows yeah.
0: Uh, we're still dusting off our office and, yeah. like from and when we go in we're years. like
1: oh shit we need to clear up this mess but yeah. then, then we go home and we're like okay yeah. peace but
0: office is where my, my head feels clogged up right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And,
1: and, my and god like, uh, it's the reversal of times man yeah and, and
0: I think a lot of people will be like that so with the office the office is probably a lot of stuff not working Right? even if yeah. you have a very nice big office you know this this department's closed or that that service that used to be there is no longer yeah. there and all that like
1: and I know another one of our common friends said that he goes to office when he does. he's not too bogged down with work. Like, he goes there to, like, socialize. Mm, mm, when he has a yeah. lot of work, he stays at home. And I yeah. totally get that. Because yeah. it's kind of nice that when you get up, you do your shit, you immediately can, boom, sit down. I mean, of course, if you don't have a kid or, or anything like that. Mm. You know, you don't have to worry about, okay, dressing up or, like, changing and, or even showering sometimes. <laughs> Just yeah. fucking get to it, man.
0: Yeah. And I, I think uh, let's not you know let's not discount how how the world is uh, our, our role in the world. I mm. think people are probably watching what's happening in Singapore. Mm. You know, I think that people in other countries will be watching what's happening in Singapore and whether uh, you know how, how people react and 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 whether going back to full work uh, work from office immediately after like uh, declaring uh semi declaring victory over the pandemic lah,
1: right? Mm. Whether that's a
0: good idea lah. Yeah so, Singapore
1: uh, now has like kind of like clawed its way back into like being the role model. La. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At one point we were people were laughing at us and
0: all, right? Yeah, now they want to hold two F1s in the same year. Yeah, Singapore that's right. <laughs> and, uh, Justin Jay, Bieber all coming on Jay Cho, concert, everything. Oh I'm like yeah. suddenly everybody wants to be our friend again. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> at one point, we were like, oh, yes, please. We're going to sign you with you again, F1. Please come back. And the next thing is like, everybody, everybody's like trying to schedule Singapore into there.
1: Yeah, like, hey, so. Singapore. You're looking fine, Singapore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> and even, even for us, right, at some point, yeah, everyone's just shitting on like government restrictions and all. Now we're like, wow, they did a good job. Uh. They did a good job. <laughs> yeah, well done, can, la. Can see well like done, that. 4G. Well yeah. done. Yeah.
0: I think I, I, I did see on Reddit some people saying that this was Lawrence Wong's thank you to everyone for making him PM. La. Mm, mm. <laughs> <laughs> like his <laughs> his Oprah gift. Everyone look under your seats.
1: Yeah. First of all, it was like, uh, clubbing, can go. Yeah. Take, take. And then 26, no group limits. Nah, yeah, go. Exactly. But then going back to office is probably like, feels like people, it's a sore point. La, because like, so point. I, I mean, some of my friends who work in CBD, they said, yeah, it's so packed. And you know, in some way I think it, it people could have gotten used to, you know, going to a food court and always finding a seat. Yeah. You know, like yeah. uh not having the public transport be that crowded. Now yeah. it is it is packed. It's man. Normal. Yeah. Traffic's really bad again everywhere. Yeah, it's packed really and like yeah. uh yeah, man, like uh, it's it feels like I mean, yeah, like for me now crowds um and you get used to crowds again. Yeah. I need to get used to crowds. And, and
0: imagine this is like only, what, 60% of SIAs are pre-COVID capacity. Mm. So imagine when all the tourists start pouring in it one more time.
1: Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. Tourists. Exactly. But yeah, interesting. I mean, the study, we'll will, we will put a link to the actual PDF. Uh, I think if you just read the executive summary, it is enough uh, to give you a nice, nice little taste of what the overall sentiments are. Yeah. I'm curious also to know
0: like, if you work in an SME, like, well, what? If you work in SME and, you're, and you feel that they are doing a good job of being progressive about this, uh, just, just tell us, you know, with a little bit of detail of how it's working, right? Yeah.
1: And, and yeah, SMEs, big corporations, small companies, because I think uh, some of the sentiments online also that if you're a big company, yeah, like you might have the resources, you have an IT department to sort out all this stuff. If you're an SME, it's gonna be harder, like and if you're like a even smaller team, yeah. On one hand you think you can work remotely, but on the other hand, sometimes it's just easier to to be face-to-face. La. Like even some of our team meetings for folklore and the people we are working with there, a face-to-face meeting has has its benefits, lah, you know? mm It has yep. its benefits. Yup, yup, yup. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Mm.
0: Alright. Uh, yeah, that also leads us to another uh, another vestige of the change, uh, right? I would say, mm. the that the, the in moving on from the pandemic world, mm. uh, but but this is affect. I think it affects all of us in some, uh, mo- most of us, like, in some small way or another. Yeah, uh, I think a lot of us, uh you know, are subscribers or or have watched uh, something on Netflix at some point or another, mm. uh, especially through the pandemic when you know there wasn't much else to to do, so. Uh, what is this big piece of
1: news about Netflix that is that is rocking the world? It is the news uh, during their last company earnings call, which was on Tuesday uh, last week, uh, about its Q1 2022 earnings. Mm. So basically, they announced that um, while the target was to acquire, I think, 2.5 million new subscribers during the first quarter of 2022, the net result of subscriber growth was actually negative 200,000. Mm. Um, and that that kind of like shocked people uh, I think whenever there's an earnings call there's always speculation oh is Netflix uh, stock price going to go up but that sent the stock spiraling and then shortly after that there was an announcement from Reed Hastings himself the CEO uh, the co-CEO was that Netflix is going to start having ads on its platform mm. going to have ads and yeah. this is something that he himself as a CEO, which he acknowledged la and, and I quote, he said, Those who have followed Netflix know that I'm i I've been against the complexity of advertising and a big fan of the simplicity of subscription. But mm. as much as I'm a fan of that, I'm a bigger fan of consumer choice. Smart uh, the way he pitched it. Yeah. It's uh,
0: not it's not me. It's it's everyone. No, it's else. A consumer <laughs>
1: choice. Yeah. Um and I mean in the in his letter to shareholders, it also kind of like um acknowledged that the pandemic-related boost had obscured underlying issues. Uh, and one big thing is that a high number of households share accounts, apparently. And the estimate is that over 100 million. 100 million households out of the 220 million subscribers, I believe, share passwords for family accounts. Mm. Right? Yeah. Correct, so correct. this whole ad thing for Netflix has been a debate before. I think there was a Facebook post in 2015 also by Reed Hastings himself about how he... He, they will never put ads lah. Yeah. But then when you saw this, what was going through your head? Eh?
0: Um. Oh, I think the important thing to clarify is that they they won't necessarily. I mean, it, mm. it'll still be a, uh, firstly, it still be a while before the changes are actually implemented worldwide, like, Right. Mm. He, they they said it might take one or two years, la. Yeah. Uh, secondly, is that they're not planning to uh insert ads for every single viewer. In fact, it's more. There's gonna. They what they're gonna do is introduce a uh ad supported tier. That means a tier where you actually still pay a little bit of money, but probably the, the least amount of money. But you by by taking that plan you also agree to, to view ads, right? Mm, correct. Yeah yeah. So so it's not that it's not that if you, so don't worry if you're already paying for Netflix now and you're worried that um you're worried that oh you're gonna be forced to, to have to watch ads regardless of how much you pay. There will definitely be an ad free uh version of Netflix for you as long as you're willing to pay that money, yeah. right? Yeah but what and you want to do is to to to, to attract those who don't mind watching some ads
1: as well. Yeah and I mean just based on comparables with other OTT platforms I think Hulu their ad free ad uh ad enabled price is half the ad free price. Mm. Um I think for Peacock as well Disney Plus right now they don't have ads but mm. but then why do you think um there's such a aversion to this uh? because like what you said for people who are willing to pay the current charges, nothing is going to change. Nothing. Mm. Uh. So, did you have a version to it or how, How? what was your inner reaction like in the in your gut in the nether regions of Terence Chair? Uh,
0: I mean, the initial reaction was, was a, a bit of like, I mean, I was a bit fearful. Uh. I don't know if, if anyone has experienced this, uh, but if you've ever subscribed to like, Spotify, like, right? Spotify Premium, whatever, mm. where you had an ad free experience. To suddenly go back into the ad experience, uh, let's say you're logged out or something, and then you use the ad, the, the experience with ads, uh, it's very jarring. Uh. Mm. It's almost like you you feel like you step back five years or something like that, or 10 years, uh, even back to the days of listening to radio, like, you know, Mm-hmm-hmm. where suddenly you're forced to sit through 30 second jingles and ads and all that all over again. Uh. Yeah, it's, so it's, yeah, I mean, I've I've also used to Netflix the, and the U and how clean and, and easy to use the UI is and everything la, That um yeah, if suddenly there were ads every time I was trying to watch something, I feel like it would it would be quite a shocker like You know? For yeah,
1: I, I totally get what you mean because I've had instances with that also. I think for certain Spotify yeah. podcasts, there's been uh, an ad insertion, and yeah. even that right is like fucking eating an omelette and then you have you 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 bite on the eggshell. You know that kind of feeling. What's an omelette, sorry? Um, it is this this uh, dish that is made from eggs. You know, okay, you spell beat the eggs. Spell it again. Spell yeah. it again. Uh, A-R-M, sorry, what? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are many different ways of spelling it. La. Um, I think in certain parts of the world, they spell it as O-M-E-L-E-T-T-E. Um, ah, the but omelet. there are many ways to pronounce it as well. Oh, got it, got it. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, So the omelette uh, with the eggshell is like the equivalent. La. But mm. I think for me also, like I wouldn't say scared but it was almost like ah fuck well netflix was good while it lasted mm, because mm, mm. because the thing is right like one thing that uh like the research uh online alerted me was that or like people were commenting is that this is exactly the same path that cable tv went down mm, and cable mm. tv started off as like an ad free thing where the biggest sell was no ads biggest sell yeah. was no ads and then slowly ads started creeping in, creeping in. And it just feels like it's going to change a lot of things. Mm. It's going to change a lot of things. And the tricky thing for Netflix, because the their competitors like Hulu and all, they have exactly the same tier, which was, which was I think, implemented in 2015. Um, and it was uh, totally fine. But the difference is they all started with ads. Mm-hmm. And then they enabled an ad-free tier on top of that. Even like YouTube. Um, I've heard yeah. people who subscribe to YouTube Premium kind of rave about it. Like, it's like, wow, you never knew life could be like that. But everyone grew up on YouTube when the ad slowly came in. Think about Netflix, right? Where the biggest sell was always, it's just content. It's just mm. about the story. Feels yeah. like it's going to change a lot of things. I was actually surprised. No? Mm-hmm. yeah, was...
0: Surprised in a uh, positive way. No. Negative. Oh, see, yeah,
1: because there was one one uh, graph. I think one thing I saw on Twitter, which was not as common as I thought that I would, uh, the it, it should be. Basically, someone compared the the growth of Netflix, like and and he said once you take out the spike in pandemic, right, and you remove that whole thing and you normalize it, the growth rate of Netflix is still quite linearly upwards. Mm-hmm. So it's almost yeah, it spiked during the pandemic. And then you can imagine when people were spending more time at home, people who were kind of on the fence of getting Netflix in the first place, okay, like they bought. But then now that maybe their lives are back to being a bit more social and all, yeah, there's a pullback. And then there was also the fact that Netflix recently lost 700,000 subscribers in Russia because they as a mm. company decided to pull out. Yeah. yeah um. Correct. In Asia, there was a growth of like 1 million. So mm. Asia, I think, was the only continent where Netflix subscribers grew. Mm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, one one important thing is also, uh, I one thing lah, that you maybe might make you feel a bit more uh at ease also is that uh we you know Netflix doesn't have the traditional constraints of like network television mm. where an advertisement must be a certain format and everything like right mm, mm, it must mm. be a thirty second thing it must be this or that because um yeah I think people watching people watching Netflix don't. Might not necessarily want to have to sit through like more than, uh, uh, like thirty seconds of ads and things like that. So they might they might create a whole new uh a whole new format of an of the of of an advertisement, like right. Mm. That that is uh you know could be, uh, that it could be varied in a lot of ways in the when it's inserted in the, in the show, uh you know how how long the whole thing is. And would it be a dynamic kind of ad where maybe you can interact with the ad or something like? Because I mean, that's that's like how you do the choose your own adventure for Netflix shows, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So
0: there is there are, um, it's a it's a I think for people working in the industry, it, it might seem like a, it, it might seem like there's a very big opportunity, la. And you know they always talk about you create when even when doing ads, you create content that, that people actually want to watch, la, right? Mm, uh, mm. maybe people take that to heart especially because it's Netflix and they know that they're here to watch good content. Yeah. And they will, so they will produce better ads than what you typically see on TV. La.
1: Yeah. And I mean, that is something that gives me a bit of hope. La. Um, mm, because mm. I think you can imagine every fucking mad, uh, ad agency, brand, they would want to get into bed with Netflix when it comes to ads, la, right? Mm. So it's not saying Netflix is going to go knocking on doors. People are going to be knocking the shit out of their doors, la, right? Yeah. Um so they already have the luxury of choice. And then I think the best analogy for me is the Super Bowl ads mm. You know, like Super Bowl ads are almost like a highlight um, that people start speculating before the Super Bowl, like, oh shit, you know, there have been talk about this ad. Uh, and I think before last year, it was gonna be like, okay, the the crypto Super Bowl, you know? And people mm. were excited. La. So I guess it all depends on how mm. Netflix approaches this la. Uh, though it was also worrying that I think Reed Hastings said that one approach is for them to still focus on content and for the ad programming and the layer of ads to be outsourced to like a world-class uh, company in that field. And that to me was like, fuck no, man. No, no, no. It's almost like this is a separate arm. Like almost like if you want to do a Netflix ad, you have to you have to come up with like a, a story that makes sense. La. You know, that, that kind of like, it has to be a good ad lah. The, yeah. the best ads of ever, uh, ever to be on netflix la. yeah yeah, yeah. Right, right. though there was something that uh, i read also that i thought was extremely brilliant uh by sony mm. uh because now it's going to be about how to innovate ads la. Mm. i i really don't think netflix will go down the same path of just like okay a static ad because that's they've been they're like the epitome of a disruptor la, right so hopefully mm. something interesting comes out with the ads so there's one article Apparently, Sony filed a patent that allows you to skip any ads if you shout the thing that is being advertised. Oh, really? Yeah. So, the moment <laughs> the ad plays, if you just say, like, Ruby Tuesday's cheese fries, the ad will skip. It means you acknowledge, the, you <laughs> yeah, acknowledge like, the existence of the ad. Wow. Yeah. It's know, like it was, passing a test like that. Nah? That was fucking genius. Can you imagine how fun it would be? It's almost like a yeah. game show with each ad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct, yeah correct. You can be like, Prudential. Um, like uh, McDonald's. You know?
0: Yeah, just saying that you already you you know who what this ad who this ad is for. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Don't do waste my time. I already know. I already know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like uh, what what are some of the things scammer, you know, like um, yeah. MLM, that kind of stuff. Yeah, correct, correct, correct. Fucking even. genius. Fucking genius. Yeah,
0: yeah but but uh, I, I'm you know I'm, I'm just seeing that the that you know the. Like what you say, like it's a, it's a whole cycle to do it as well. Like. Yeah. And a lot of people already like... You, just the fact that you had to subscribe to so many different services now to watch the shows that you want to watch because the the rights are sitting with different services. Yeah. Um, it's just reminding everyone of the... It, that's what cable TV became, like, right? Yeah. Where, oh, if you want sports, you got to subscribe to this package. And if you want something else, you got to subscribe to that package. Then, then all these bundles started to get progressively like overpriced and more expensive, mm. and uh, without the the requisite improvement in the in the content per se, la, right? Yeah, and you I don't, mean- you don't you don't feel like it was you were really getting much a much better deal just because you bundle all these because yeah, I mean, if you bundle let's say like the kids shows with with uh the murder mystery kind of or crime thriller shows, like those are not overlapping uh demographics are uh, right. Yeah. So 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 it's good you're just paying for stuff that you wouldn't end up watching. La.
1: Yeah. La, it's the same thing with cable now, right? You subscribe yeah. to StarHub, Sintel and all that. I there's gonna be everybody probably has some channels that they never touch. Yeah. You never That's fucking right. touch. And I would still say that overall I, I'm I'm quite I'm quite sad that this is happening like because mm. if you look at just YouTube alone, right? Yeah. You you, you like, and we've been in YouTube like doing it like hardcore since twenty fourteen so it's a good amount of time. Back mm. then, the YouTube ad machine was not as robust. La. So, the type of content you they, you got there, it's almost like the type of content you get on TikTok now. It's like yeah. fucking yeah. creative, vibrant, every, anything goes. The moment ads became more and more of a thing, right? Then mm. the company started, uh, then all the networks started getting in. You, know, you mm. see the Jimmy Fallon's and all that. And then the content started skewing towards more advertiser-friendly content. Because mm. you can imagine making, uh, if you're going to make a show, uh, why not make it ad-friendly? Because then there's probably a revenue split or something. La. Yeah. right? So that's where, even though there can be separate tiers for members, ultimately the content is going to be, there's not going to be separate tiers of content, right? Which mm. just means that I really hope that the content doesn't skew towards more advertising-friendly dollars, la. You know, and as much as there's gonna be brands who might want more edgy content, more edgy ads, you'll still get the likes of Coke, um, mm. where they're not, not gonna to want to push the boundaries, la. So that's yeah. where I feel like wow, oh, it. it's gonna, it's gonna change the content because to me, the ads and the content can't be separated, la. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's right. And that I think maybe me yeah, sad. I mean, we might even need to retire the words Netflix and chill. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You're gonna be bombarded with. Ads all the time, so there's there's no more chill about it.
1: Yeah, unless yeah, it's Netflix and chill during the ads. Yeah, <laughs> Netflix and chill during the ads because, yeah. and I think you know you hear the the saying history always repeats itself. Um, I think anyone who grew up, uh, when cable first came out, and then it became the 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 bundling of cable channels and all that, now it it feels eerily simil- similar similar. Mm, mm e-release and then maybe Starhub might say okay you bundle you get Netflix Amazon and Disney and you get 20% off Mm -hmm. then it's the same old shit
0: yeah and now now it might even be more complicated because now when across the different services the apps and all that you use they have different UIs and different Mm. different things to deal with Mm. at least cable is like you just use one simple remote left right up down change channel volume that's it but now it's like, oh, you gotta underst- you gotta use the different UIs everywhere. And then they're not all the built equally either, la, right?
1: Yeah. And, and like what you said, I think Netflix, they have set the benchmark for user experience. La. It's so hmm. easy, la, right? Yeah. Right. Exactly. It is so easy.
0: But yeah. But yeah. Maybe maybe this was a very uh uh, seems like very uh, it's very like uh, elitist kind of rent. First of all, problem rent uh, right? Mm, mm, oh goddammit, it! You were making being made to watch ads.
1: Damn. No la, Actually, that is a that is a good point lah. Because, um, <laughs> because you know when we did did the TV show for that uh now liquidated or still in liquid liquidation uh, network, mm, um, mm. they were going after the the Southeast Asian market lah. And mm. they had some interesting things they did, like. I think you could even subscribe for one day, mm, yeah. because they said in the developing markets, yeah, like um, the minimum tier of Netflix is still way beyond um, a significant portion of the population, right? Yeah. Yep, so by yep, offering yep. it for a day, you can still give them access. Then I thought, hey, fuck, that's damn smart. Of course, they liquidated, mm. so maybe it's a bad fucking uh, business <laughs> decision. Business yeah, moment. maybe it's a bad <laughs> business decision, but. Yeah. It does give access to more people and yeah right, la, right. we have to acknowledge that it is a first world problem la. it is a first world problem it is a first world problem yeah but, uh, mm. speaking of first world
0: issues yeah maybe we, we we can talk a little bit about what's your one one uh short comment yeah, uh, would you would you
1: like to go first yeah sure uh, yeah
0: I think it's. The one of the latest uh, Reddit comments where someone posted, uh, actually not latest, like it was about almost ten hours ago, someone posted a pic of us, a screenshot of us on MediaCorp Channel Eight TV, in the live broadcast of Star Wars <laughs> yesterday, and posted it on our subreddit saying, "Wow, Wild Harish and Terence spotted." I think oh, they meant in the, in the wild, right? You know, not not that Harish is wild or anything, that Cause yeah, we were quite we were quite tame. We were just seated in the corner quietly, yeah.
1: Yeah, oh, that is some some uh, <laughs> eagle eyes, man. Yeah, yeah, wouldn't yeah uh, wouldn't be easy to spot
0: us on TV like that. But yeah, not bad, not bad.
1: Yeah, um, so mine was just the uh, wait uh, let me see. Uh I mean, I <laughs> the uh there were some some people on the thread for 286 the Singaporean draws flag for singing worship songs on a on flight um I think they they got quite like a passionate about the the discussion we were having la. um yeah. and I think it's great uh so I, I think the good thing is that it's it's feedback that didn't feel as like how you say it? Uh, uh as angry as it has been in the past la, right um uh, mm. because i think there have been certain threads in the past that really kind of like uh maybe kind of didn't didn't fully uh or like maybe uh, us entertaining the the other side or the different arguments came across wrongly so in this case people were still putting their comments and and i appreciate how everybody kind of like um backed it up instead of just those one line what kind of stupid shit is this Mm, so mm, mm. so there's no real uh favorite comment but I was like, Oh, okay. Uh it's nice to have a healthy discussion there, la.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, man. But yeah, no 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 favorite comment. I'm just happy that... Because I think the the previous few episodes there were maybe less vibrant discussions. So it's always nice to see a vibrant discussion get, get started. La. That's true, that's true. Cool. Uh, cool. Okay. And your one shook thing on this Uh course? my one shook thing was um uh, a certain Reddit, a sub that I came across uh, that is called uh, Fuck You in particular, Not Him, Not Her, Just You. And the whole theme across all the content posted there, right, is like kind of videos of how luck really unfavors one person. Um, mm. So they have videos of like um, just like a helicopter landing on a beach and everyone's like, oh my god that's so awesome but because of the the downward force of the propellers uh stool just comes flying towards the person holding the camera oh
0: shit.
1: yeah and Damn. it's just i mean like uh, uh the the how i chanced upon this was there was a recent photo taken in singapore where it seemed like there was a lightning uh strike on one particular unit um in in a building in singapore a residential building Mm, mm. like the picture is unreal man i think on april 17th the thunderstorm was so crazy that there's a whole bunch of pictures online of people taking like time-lapse images or composite images of multiple lightning strikes and there was one there was a single strike from the sky (laughs) onto one window so then i saw it posted on this thread and i was like oh shit this thread is it's just a interesting thread it's just an interesting Mm. thread like a, a shot of a footballer taking a shot at goal and then it hits one person in the audience.
0: <laughs> Wait, is it what is it called again?
1: Um, fuck you in particular. Oh, just the FUCK, the, F-U-C-K like, yeah. Why you in in particular?
0: Oh, I see, I see.
1: Yeah, it's just, it's just, it's weird. It's, it's hilarious content, la. it's hilarious content,
0: interesting.
1: Yeah, like yeah, a did, guy yeah, some... surfing on a wave and then a goose just decides to land on his board and he topples over. I see. <laughs>
0: yeah, Reddit, Reddit has some of these uh, very interesting subreddits, uh, right? Yeah, yeah. They're very, very specific uh, situations. That yeah, yeah. Talk
1: about. but uh, but what's your what's your one shock thing? Cool.
0: Uh, it, mine's a podcast that I came across by the BBC radio, too, mm. Uh old old-school platform, right? But they they created a podcast called uh, We Write the Songs and it's hosted by the Take That singer Gary Barlow. But what what caught my attention was that he was basically talking to other uh, pop culture songwriters Mm. uh, including Max Martin who is maybe one of the world's most successful but least well-known songwriters. Mm. Because uh, I think few people know uh, that that he's created songs for Britney Spears, Backstreet Boys, Kelly Clarkson, Celine Dion. Katy Perry Taylor Swift and now even The weekend. Uh, so uh, he's written songs with all their major hit songs but he's still one of the most unknown uh, songwriters out there la. oh really um, yeah? yeah so so they talk a lot and they talk about the creative process for for songwriting and like they go into quite a bit of detail uh, more, more detail than, than I, I would, would have imagined like, thinking knowing that uh, it's two very successful people talking to each other so they talk a lot, a lot about the you know um, think even even things that are relevant to us are like like why is it that specifically that Sweden in the nineties had such a great boom of like uh you know um uh, interesting songwriters and musicians coming from Sweden in the nineties uh and because Sweden's a small country right so so what what is there to learn for countries like Singapore uh, as well in wow. terms of encouraging people to to uh you know to 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 encourage young people there to you know take up music or, or do things and and believe that they can also be be on the world stage, so so it's pretty interesting. Cause he then and then the rest of the podcast episodes he talks to people like uh, you know like Paul McCartney himself, uh, Robbie Williams, um, and Barry Manilow and a lot of other other very esteemed songwriters uh, who have when you know they they write pop music right. But there's still an art. There's still an art to the to the to how they do it. Uh. And that's what? what this this series is about. Wow. Uh.
1: Wow, that that's cool, man. And how do you chance upon it?
0: I was just yeah, because I I, I just like Max Martin is I have always been very fascinated, like about why how is it that this dude from Sweden suddenly becomes like the one of the world's biggest songwriters. And then he throughout his career, I mean, to be remain relevant from Britney Spears all the way to the weekend you know that's like a career of like almost 30 years already like right mm. where, where, where you have to be have your finger on the pulse and everything so so how does someone like that do it and and you know what what what, the, what his origins are uh? and then the crazy thing is that you you find that his origins are very are very relatable and not not like he wasn't like trained at some some fancy music school or anything like that lah. La. Cool. Yeah. so so it was really just like the school he was in you know the school system and that's what encouraged him to you know why not just try and then he just he was just fiddling around as a band with some other people then and then he was asked to produce certain things and next thing he knows he's right he, he wrote hit me baby one more time uh, you know mm. yeah wow that is cool uh. yeah this was a very interesting uh process uh, yeah cool 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 but yeah all right check it out yeah. uh we write the
1: songs we write song for bbc radio cool well that's one episode down and yeah. we'll talk to y'all soon